0: And I think that the best way to answer is that um, Pay yourself first Mm. So what do I mean? You know most people end up paying others first They pay their bills They contribute to their parents for allowances And other financial commitments that they might have Um, But I think it's very important to start the habit of uh, Setting aside an amount that you pay for yourself Mm. Or more particularly paying your future
1: self This is The Legit Podcast Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Legit Podcast. It's Ritz over here and today we are going to learn a little bit about the world of financials. I mean, I know a lot of you have a lot of questions, especially when you just started work about what should I do with my money? What should I do with my first paycheck? Is it important to buy insurance? And you know, what kind of insurance should I get? Am I paying too much for insurance or too little or even things to do with investment, how should I grow my money? So today I have a good friend of mine who we have been together for about 20 years. I've known each other since the uh, days that we were in the NUS National University of Singapore. It's also about 20 years ago. Uh, his name is called Mr. Melvin Liu. Melvin is a financial services advisor with um, Inspire Advisory. He's also a team leader and uh, they are representing Green Apples Advisory, which is part of the Life Singapore group. So without further ado, I'm just gonna introduce Melvin. How are you today?
0: Hey, thanks Ridan for having me uh, this, um, this session and mm. uh, hello to everyone here. I'm Hi. great. <laughs> okay, how's, the, how's everything been for you these last few months itself? Oh, this has been a pretty good start. I guess, uh, you know, now that the um, situation for COVID is a little bit more acceptable and mm. stable. So, I, I, I think that uh, business can go on as usual. So, uh, I just hope that um, you know, um, it stays that way yeah, or things will improve as well. Okay, yeah. you
1: can. So, I guess that uh, first of all, we should like to introduce yourself a little bit more by sharing a bit, a little bit about what you do for a living. Right? Sure. Mm.
0: Thanks, Ridwan. Um, well, you know, sometimes we like to um, describe how we um, do our business or what we do for our clients. Mm. Um, mainly, we help people to ensure that they will have always money, sorry, I mean, they will always have money to spend. Mm. And number two is that they don't have to rely on others, mm. you know, to uh, for support.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that means they will always uh, have m- enough money in order for them, you know, the money that they get and order that, how they are able to keep uh, sustaining that money for a long period of time. Yeah, that's right. Okay, sure. So I guess that one of the things that uh, is uh, on the mind of many graduates, especially if they went into the world of work the first month, the first few months, is that what should I do with my paycheck? How would you respond to that? Okay, well, um, that's a common
0: question. Hmm. And I think that the best way to answer it is that Um, pay yourself first. Mm. So what do I mean? Most people end up paying others first. They pay their bills, they contribute to their parents for allowances and other financial commitments that they might have. Um, But I think it's very important to start the habit of uh, setting
1: aside an amount that you pay for yourself Mm. or more particularly paying your future self. Mm. Yeah. Sure. So I guess that in, in terms of that, is that we need to set aside this amount of money to like save in order for us to have enough money for our future itself. That's right. Yes. Mm. You're right, so uh, maybe just building on that, how much then do you think, do you think that we should save every month? Okay. Um, there is a general rule of
0: thumb. Mm. Well, ideally, you need to first set aside at least six to nine months of your income sure. for emergency mm. funds. Then, only then you can um, start saving consistently for mm. longer term goals. And the next thing you need to have an idea of like uh, what kind of financial goals that you want to focus on. Mm. For example, there are areas that um, include um, protection like insurance, Mm. you have your retirement planning and your future um, children's education you know etc and all that and with all this then gives you a clearer idea of how much you need to set aside in order for you to hit those goals and while this may differ from person to person Mm. depending on their life stages, um, their current financial situations, and of course their personal preferences, I would say that um, maybe you can start off with 20 to 30% of your take-home income. Mm. That
1: would be probably a good starting point. Yeah. Sure, so it's about 20 to 30% to set aside for yourself, for your future self itself. Yeah,
0: that's
1: yeah. right. Uh, it's quite common that I hear that, you know, six to nine months is always being said to me by many people that, you know, this emergency fund is also very important. But I guess that you know, as a young graduate, and even if uh, maybe I'm not a young graduate, I just got a new job, right? Uh, there's always this tendency for me to want to reward myself and pay myself in terms of that, you know, can I spend on something big and all that? Do you think that's wrong itself? What What's your opinion on that?
0: Um, well, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, with uh, rewarding ourselves, mm. you know, because money earned is meant to be spent anyway, right? So I'd like to ask this question to my clients. Mm. Uh, first of all, do you feel happier? when mm. you spend mm. or when you save. yeah, yeah, And you find that whichever choice that they pick, whether they like to spend or they save, mm. they'll end up having to spend the money anyway. Mm. Yeah, So I think there are key three points to this. Okay. Um, first of all, number one is that we have to exercise what we call financial responsibility. Mm. So we need to be responsible for the income that we earn and how we are going to spend it. Um, secondly, it's all about prioritizing. So if you're going to indulge and, you know, spend something on enjoyment for yourself and all that, well, we just have to prioritize actually what's important first. Mm. And at the same time, which is the last point, is to set aside a budget even for enjoyment. Mm.
1: Yeah, I guess that would help. Sure. So I guess that it's not wrong for us to be able to invest in ourselves in the, in the sense. Uh, but I guess that we also need to be able to uh, stay within the budget so that we can keep our financial goals on track. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess uh, one of the things that we talked a little bit earlier was about spending, right? So, what do you think are some uh, spending habits that we should be mindful of, whether it's a young worker or whether, whether you want to start a young family? What are some habits that you think are good for us to inculcate?
0: Oh, that's one of my uh, favorite topics to mm, talk about. Okay. Well, the first thing is um, rule number one uh, don't spend more than what you earn. Okay. So, um, you know, it's common to take credit, right? Yeah. yeah so, but credit terms are actually fine as long mm. as you can pay off in time. Yeah. Secondly, being young and usually having lesser financial commitments, yeah. I would advise that you should save and invest as much as you can. Yeah. And get into the habit of paying your future self first, like mm. I mentioned. And this will really go a long way, you know, as more and more financial commitments will step into your life in future. Yeah. And last but not least, find cheaper ways to enjoy. Um, you know, the occasional luxurious indulgence is really fine. If you're budgeted for it, mm. yeah. But in, you know, interestingly, uh, many many young clients who who I met, they are mm. actually very conscious and uh, very smart. You know, at deciding and they do their research you know, on what's actually worth spending on mm. instead of just following you know the market trends mm. and fashion. You know. Yeah, so that's really something like, very insightful that
1: I think that uh, everyone can, can learn from. Sure, so I guess it's the little, little things that actually can really make a difference in terms of like, um, you know, something uh, something for you to enjoy itself. Life's pleasures could not be just about uh, buying all the big ticket items, but it could be a like very simple, simple thing. Uh, like maybe just a weekend, okay, um, going to, uh, going somewhere with your family, okay, which is within budget itself. So, I guess that uh, these are the things that, you know, you don't need to look for the big stuff. Maybe you can uh, find these little t- indulgences the okay, in the everyday things that you do. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so we talk about spending, but what about saving? What I know that a lot of people uh, have this mentality or this always comes across to many young uh, people who just started working. I think many years ago when I started uh, working, this happened to me as well. Whereby you are very happy on the day that you get the paycheck, and then after that you get your bills and you get everything, and you realize that hey, I I made a commitment maybe about six months ago to actually want to save this amount of money, but I guess that my money is not moving. And why is that so? So maybe could you enlighten us on how we can inculcate better saving habits? Okay, um, you're not alone. We're not,
0: uh... <laughs> I mean I'm similarly guilty of that as well. Sure. You know I love to spend. Yeah. Yeah, but um well interestingly I think we have to first understand our individual personality Yes. In other words we need to know whether first of all are we a spender or a saver. Mm. So which gets us more excited? Mm. Um like for example if you do you get excited when you go shopping? Mm. Yeah or do you get more excited when you see your Money in your bank account grow.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So once we understand and accept that our natural inclination is towards either spending or saving, then we can better manage this. Mm. So I give you an example. Yeah. Um, if we are a spender and we lack the habit or the discipline to save, mm. right? Um, so having a structured or committed savings plan in place, and that will really help us a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's also very difficult to change our natural habits. So unless we go through some kind of a transformation. Mm. Well, I guess that's where you guys come in <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but if not otherwise then we rely you know, on tools and solutions that can help us you know to make sure that uh, we, we don't overspend yeah. yeah
1: yeah and what are some of these tools that uh, can help us along the way
0: okay well um, there are multiple solutions uh, mm. in, in place that you can select from mm. and um. Maybe I, I should uh, start off by, by suggesting you know, mm. that there's actually more productive ways that we can do with our money. Mm. Yeah. For example, um, I will advocate investing mm. yeah, and investing based on your risk appetite. Mm. Yeah. And it's also not investing just for the purpose of growing the money mm. uh, more effectively, but it's also about investing in ourselves as well. Yeah, because sometimes we can invest in things like personal development and to improve our mindset, our mm. skill sets and knowledge as well. Mm. Yeah. So,
1: um, yeah, I, I guess I, I hope that that really uh, helps. Uh. Yeah. Sure. So, I guess investing, a lot of people think that investing is that you need this um, huge amount of money. They need to invest like $10,000 on this stock or this, um, you know, this um, new pro- financial product and then it grows over time itself. Uh, but I guess it also means that you can actually invest in yourself itself. And maybe with that, uh, the investing in a skill set, upgrading yourself can also give you other opportunities for you to be able to earn money in different ways as well. That's right. On, yeah. mm, okay. Uh, then one thing that uh, always a lot of the mind of uh, people who just started working, right, would be this thing called insurance. Yeah, so everybody in Singapore, in Asia, they will always talk about hey, you need to get insurance itself. And there are a lot of people who, I know there are a lot of graduates, when they started working, then there will be a lot of people approaching them and telling them, hey, you need to do some financial goals, you need to be able to have insurance itself. Yeah, So could you tell us what insurance really is? Because sometimes people say, oh, we just need insurance, but many people don't understand what is the function and purpose of insurance itself. And I think if you don't know the purpose or function of insurance, right, then why are you buying it in the first place? So maybe can you enlighten us what is insurance and why is it important to have insurance? Okay, sure. Um, well, we don't
0: um I like to explain things in a very simple way. Mm. Yeah. So I like to quote from one of my favorite speakers, Mr. Mm. Robert Young. Mm. He said that insurance is basically money to be paid to someone, something. Mm. Yeah. So actually insurance is an efficient way to transfer risk to another party. Mm. So in other words, when you lose something so valuable and you can't afford to replace or repair it, then you pay a small premium to transfer this risk over to an insurance company. Mm. Yeah, and that takes care of the problem. Yeah, And insurance is important because it helps to ensure financial responsibility. And it also preserves dignity. Yeah, it helps to make sure that we and most importantly you know our loved ones will not have to suffer if mm. something adverse were to happen to us mm.
1: yeah sure so it's to you say it's about transferring risk huh? so that's I guess that in this sense itself it's the financial institution that you are relying on to pay you later on in life if anything happens to you or okay say if uh, uh, if any you know if, if you come into like any illness itself yeah so the insurance will, money will come in handy later Yes, you're right, yes. Mm. And what are the different types of insurance, especially if I'm just starting out, right? And I'm considering what insurance to buy, right? What are the, my considerations? What are the different types of insurance available? And the ones that I think are very essential for me uh, in, 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 to put it in your words, uh, to pay my future self. Okay.
0: Um, yes. Okay, so basically in the categories of insurance, there are, main, there are three main types. Mm. Yeah, and the first type is what we call the life insurance. Mm. And that pays in the event of a death. Mm. Okay, and second category, what we call it, is the accident or the health insurance. Mm. Um, it's used to pay a medical cost yeah, due to accidents, illnesses, or hospitalization, for example. Sure. Yeah, and the third category, what we call it, is the disability insurance. Yeah. And this either pays a lump sum or ongoing payout yeah mm. in terms of a severe or a partial disability, sure. and for each category of insurance, there's also different variations, combinations, plans mm. available to suit different needs and preferences. Mm. yeah, so
1: um, broadly speaking, these are the
0: three main categories here.
1: Yeah. Mm, sure, so the main categories life insurance is more of in the event of death then your family will get the payout. And then um, the one where you talk about accident and health, does this also include things like hospitalization? Yes, that's right. Okay. All right. So that they, they also call uh, hospitalization. Cause I think that you know, in around us, I think the hospitalization fees has really been uh, skyrocketing, and I think insurance can really help us along that way. Uh.
0: Yeah. Mm. In some sense, it can be even said that you
1: know, use mm. is cheaper. To die than for sick. In <laughs> <form>. <laughs> interesting, interesting uh insight over there. All right. And disability is in case something happens to you in case of an accident or something and you're disabled. So there is this payout as well. La. Yeah. Okay. So this is really insurance for the future. In case uh this is really what we go back to the basics where you know we always talk about uh, saving for a rainy day. Yeah. And sometimes when we talk about rainy day, it's not just that rain happens, but you know, uh it is. Uh, To prepare us for things that could be unforeseen in our lives itself so that we have uh, enough uh, income to sustain ourselves. Mm, Interesting. So there'll be many people who have come up with to me, I remember when I first started out, there were so many people from different insurance agents, different uh, companies itself uh, who are coming up to me with these different insurance plans itself. Uh, in fact, if I just walk down the street, uh, and then there will always be someone who is stopping me and asking me, okay, um, uh, to do either a survey, or have you saved enough money, right, or what are your career goals and all that. So it's very interesting itself, right? Um, so how do I decide, right, with all this plethora of, like, insurance plans, and there are so many insurance companies, not only in Singapore, but I think in Asia itself, right, uh, there are so many different types of vision plans. How do I decide? What are some of the things to consider when I want to decide which kind of plans for me to take up?
0: Okay. Um, yes, that's a great question. Mm. Um, so I would say that before considering any recommendations, mm. yeah, um, be sure to go through a proper detailed fact finding. Mm. Yeah, and this will help you to do a needs analysis mm. yeah, through the financial review with the financial planner. Mm. Yeah, it's like going for a health screening. Sure. Sometimes or most of the time, in fact, we, we don't know what we don't know. Mm. Yeah, so this process is actually very important for you to help first gain a clarity of your current financial situation first, sure. Okay, and find out, figure out, you know, identify what the financial goals that is more important to you, mm-hmm. and then you start prioritizing, you know, as, as the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you progress and once you're clear about these things, then you can consider the recommendations by the financial advisor, yeah, which will tend to want to gear towards meeting your
1: needs, uh, your goals, mm. and also most importantly, within your given budget. Sure. Idea. So I guess that the financial needs analysis is really important. It's like you say itself as a health check to see what's your status right now and also your goals, right? What you want to achieve in the near future so that we can kind of like plug the gap and your financial consultant, is, I guess, will be able to help you to be able to chart that territory okay, and do something and come up with a plan that is sustainable to you on a month-to-month basis. Huh? Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay, right. So, yeah, interesting itself. Um, And um, interesting insights about insurance. I hope that has really uh, added value okay, to whoever is listening and watching right now. Uh, another thing that we're to talk about is that uh, you in the financial services industry and insurance itself, I was just wondering, right, um, I know you've been here for many years itself doing insurance. and uh, why insurance, and what made you come into the career this uh industry itself?
0: I think in any career that uh, we choose, um, sometimes we don't plan. You know, um, exactly that. You know, uh, what we actually turn out to be doing. Ah, yeah. yeah, right. Like you used to study a certain subject and mm. end up doing something different in our career. Yeah, yeah that's right. You're right. I was um, an entrepreneur. I was running my own business for 10 years prior mm. to joining the insurance industry. Yeah. And what made me make the switch was that, um, you know, I was looking for a career that is um, meaningful, mm. you know, where the product or the service can actually have a tangible benefit sure. to the people purchasing it. Mm. Yeah. And what I enjoy most is really about helping people and helping them to gain clarity, you know, about something that's important about their lives. Yeah, at the same time, you know, when I see that they reap the benefits in the future, you know, I get very satisfied. Mm. Yeah. And um, to me, I'm just enjoy the process of serving clients uh, mm. yeah, and see the happy faces you know, when they feel more at peace, you know, and more assured. Yeah. And that's why I picked the insurance industry. Yeah.
1: Sure. Interesting. So I guess it's not really just about the numbers and it's about earning a profit itself, but it's really about helping others itself. I guess that in that sense, you can see that a lot of jobs out there, a lot of people. If you just take away the money portion of it, if you take away the monetization, it's really about helping others. out. and in this sense itself, is to help others uh, build a better future.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, especially when you can see a meaning and a purpose
0: behind you know the career or mm. you know the service that you're providing to 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 your customers. Right. Mm. I, I guess uh, end of the day, you you feel satisfied
1: and you will look forward to going to work every day. Mm, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, work uh, is an avenue for you to help others in, uh, to come find out different strategies and ways. And maybe, I guess, in insurance itself, it's different tools and plans to help them uh, sustain a better future for themselves. That's right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen that uh, for insurance itself, I think sometimes every job has a stereotype. Yeah. If you talk about, uh, Uh, certain jobs itself and it's important for us to understand or maybe even debunk some of these myths about insurance itself so i guess that um one thing that i always always been amazed by or and fascinated by was that sometimes when I walk down the street itself and then I see there's a lot of insurance agents setting up shop so they will put their banner then they'll start to go to people and do a bit of like I guess um, co-pitching right? so to see whether they can you know contact this person and that person itself and I see a lot of people like maybe if you go down the road itself there'll be about 10 people they approach maybe 9 of them will either you know say I have enough insurance there was you know, just walk away or prevent eye contact these are the things that has always happened. And I'm sure that you have gone through it itself. I, I guess it's a right space of passage, right? For every insurance agent to go through that, especially the young ones that you're mentoring right now, right? Yeah, so I was always, always wondering, like, how do you master the courage, right? To do that, to be rejected and still smile and be as enthusiastic to the next person, right? What is your strategy like?
0: Um. Uh, well, frankly speaking, there's no strategy. Mm. Yeah, but it's a case of... um. Um, taking you know the leap of faith, uh. mm. yeah. Because when you are out there in the open, meeting strangers, and at the same time trying to create an opportunity to speak to them, um, starting out is definitely not easy. Mm. Yeah, you have to get out of your comfort zone, mm. and um, it's uncomfortable to mm. be frank. Yeah, because it's not something that uh, anyone is like naturally uh, willing <laughs> to do or inclined to do. Sure. Yeah. but after being nine years in this industry and also a yeah. decade previously in my own business. Yeah, There are three things that I can share mm. from my experience. First of all, I think you need to have the mindset before you know um, approaching people. Mm. Yeah. I would like to ask myself, like, um, what is the outcome that I'd like to achieve sure. after this activity that I'm doing? You know, is it just to conclude a sale or is it to create an opportunity for a discussion? Mm. Because this is actually very important. Because once I'm very clear about this, it will impact my mindset when I approach people. Whether or not I have the courage and the specific words that I use um, when, when I actually speak to them. Yeah. Secondly, I ask myself, the so why? You know, why am I doing this? Mm. Do I really believe that financial planning indeed can benefit people? Mm. You know, is the product going to be beneficial to, to, to the people that I'm going to share? Yeah. So it's about having the conviction about your product your service that you are, you are trying to help people with. And last but not least is, um, you know, you as a business, you have to take the plunge. Yeah, it's like exercising. Sometimes you need to take the first step. Yeah. And once you take the first step, you realize that it's not as scary as it is. You know, it's not as difficult as it is. It's about warming up your body and then getting to the momentum of things. Yeah. And more
1: importantly, learn to enjoy the process. Have fun. Mm. Yeah. Sure, I guess that uh, so it's really about understanding your why and why you are doing this in the first place and because if you have a strong why itself, right, you're able to kind of like uh, be bulletproof against all that rejection and all the things that could have been thrown to you itself along the way itself. Huh? Yes. And I guess you also mentioned a little bit about habits itself. It's about taking this. You need to think about, you know, uh, what's your sales target but think about what can I do next? What's my next step and what can I learn from it in order for me to do better itself? Yes, that's right. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So I guess that um, with, uh, I'm sure you have many different conversions that I know uh, uh, you have many clients itself. In fact, I think that uh, congratulations, because I think you recently made it into the MDRT, the million dollar round table itself, which is like I think for insurance agents around the world itself, it's kind of like a hall of fame because you are able to show that, you know, you have this, this kind this uh, certain standard or certain performance itself yeah so i guess that there are a lot of success stories that you have as well but i guess that behind all these success stories itself uh, a lot of people don't see the moments of rejection the moments of um you know uh, times when you get rejected or when you get uh we don't get your way itself yeah so i was just wondering how do you deal with rejections and how do you keep on going right especially when, you know, if you're talking to a client itself or a potential client and you're prospecting someone and then you say, no, I have enough insurance already and you no, know, and sometimes it could also be that you already talked to this person and this person is about to sign the dotted line and then they just rejected you. How do you handle such rejections?
0: Okay. Um, thanks for the question. Yeah. yeah. Initially and quite frankly, because we are all humans, mm. including myself, so I'll definitely feel disappointed mm. when we face rejections. But yep. the thing is that once... I understand and accept the fact that they are not rejecting me personally, but they are just rejecting what I'm proposing. Yeah, I then I won't be affected emotionally mm. and I just learn to move on. Mm. Yeah, but more importantly, I also learn to ask for feedback. Mm. Yeah, because I need to know the reason for the rejection so that I will know how to improve myself mm. in the next time that I'm going to meet them again and know how to you know to better. Uh, position, you know the the benefits
1: to them, mm. so that they can consider it in the future. Sure. Yeah. and you talk a little bit about feedback, right? So I guess that it's not actually really easy. Like a lot of people say, yeah, I need to ask for feedback, not if I get better. But I guess that if you actually go down to it, it's not actually easy asking for feedback and receiving feedback itself. Yeah. So how do you actually, uh, you know, prime yourself to uh, be open to the feedback, especially if it's something negative or critic. Yeah,
0: well, well, get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> get used to it. Huh? Because yeah. um, you know, when you go on the Google reviews, right, sometimes yeah. you see um there's like a positive feedbacks and those negative reviews. Right? Yeah, definitely. So, if you go to a website and you see everything is only positive and there's no negative reviews, right, then I would think that um, well, maybe we don't see the both sides of it, but, mm. yeah. So likewise for ourselves, right? I mean, I, I learned to appreciate more negative feedback rather than positive feedback. Mm. Positive feedback does give me, you know, the, um, a lot of encouragement and validation. But for negative feedback itself, it's is where I really learn. yeah. And once I realize that, oh, you know, these negative points are actually very useful and, and more important for me to know where are my shortcomings mm. and you know, how I can better improve, I would be actually very geared towards asking for more, you know, feedback for improvement rather than, you know, um, Expecting people to shower me with praises all the time. Yeah, sure. that, that's just
1: my point of view. Uh, yeah. Sure. So, I guess that uh, it is uh, through the negative feedback where we really have that learning gems in order for me to do better the next time uh, and to improve. Yes, that's yeah, right. And yeah. having that growth mindset. So, uh, mm, interesting itself. So, I guess that uh, after I get used to it, uh, because I think that people always want to just hear the positive stuff. Uh, and you, like you said, sometimes if you go to a website and you don't see the negative feedback, it might uh, come across as very fake. And not very real itself. So I guess that feedback is also uh, another way to keep it authentic. Mm, yeah. So um also another question, right, is that this is also for me because that I have this uh, a lot of this other times I actually went through this before whereby you know uh, I I I have my insurance plans and all that and then but sometimes there'll be people who will come up to me and they could be a good friend or person that I know, I know this person is very nice and they'll, you know, and sometimes just feel like during time, them, you know, that opportunity to be able to practice their pitch or just talk to them about insurance because they need to prospect, right? But you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, I know that, you know, I have to reject them. So what is the best way, right? Say, for example, you are talking to an insurance agent or financial consultant, right? How is the best way to reject them? Uh, funny you should be asking me this question yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well but yes um, I do reject people as well right? yeah. so yeah when I meet a salesperson and feel that you know after appreciating all they have done to present yeah. and all that you know um, I would think the best way is to just give a simple no thank you
1: mm. and wish them all the best for the day you sure. know, i think that will leave it on a good note <laughs> sure I guess. so at least, yeah. at least sometimes just, just cut to the chase and just be very direct with them and just tell them thank you for your time you know but you know we have already these plans and all that and just wish them all the best yeah and this that's the right. best way to you know uh, to keep them going yeah mm, interesting all right so um we're also going to uh, share this next part. So it's a bit more about the career of a financial consultant. Uh, I was wondering, wondering, right, what's the importance of having a financial planner in our lives? Okay, um, to me, it's actually extremely
0: important. Yeah, that's why I picked this um, career, mm. and having been in it for um, nine years. Yeah, yeah, because unless you diligently plan, budget, mm. track, and manage your finances. Just yep. like how a CFO does for a company, yep. you know, having a good financial planner can help you to receive the proper advice, the mm. recommendations, mm. regular reviews, and most importantly, you know, to have a go-to person when you need help, especially mm. with claims. Yeah. Yeah. And your loved ones can really depend on him or her mm. you know, for help, especially when you are unable to yeah so i think that's why having a financial planner in your life is um you know just as important as having you know a good doctor that that takes care of you medically and a lawyer that you know when you need legal help
1: yeah mm, so it's just another person to help you along the way in order for us to make life easier for us and to be able to navigate through the ups and downs of our lives mm. yeah and uh, what do you think are characteristics that for example if i want to look out for a good financial planner what are, are some characteristics do you think uh my financial planner should have
0: uh, good question mm. um to me i look for three characteristics mm. which i demand of for myself as well yep. yeah and there are the three c's mm. yeah so, so first c is competent mm. so a good financial planner should be competent in their product knowledge mm-hmm. you know in in um the areas of finance yeah, as well as, you know, what they are supposed to do, especially when they're doing fact-finding or mm. reviews with their clients and all that. They should mm. be good at what they do in the first place. Uh, mm. Just like any other professional yeah, mm. or specialist. The second C is really about being committed. Mm. yeah, Because this career is um a marathon. Mm. No, it's not a sprint. It's yeah. not something that, you know, you achieve a sale and then you just... um. Stop there. Mm. Yeah, it's an ongoing relationship you have with your clients and sure. you serve them over a long period of time. Mm. Yeah, with that, that requires a lot of commitment. Yeah. And last but not least, the third C is really about caring because this is a people business. Mm. You know, there's a saying, right? People don't uh, care how much, you know, you... you, you, uh, you What's that again people don't <laughs> people, people
1: don't 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 care how much you know
0: yeah people don't care how much you know you know they yeah yeah more importantly they, they want to know how much you care yeah, yeah maybe so, you can say that again the, the starting at, there was a saying yeah yeah okay yeah yeah so um there is a saying right yeah you know like people don't care how much you know more importantly they want to know how much you care mm. yeah so it's important for you to be a really people person and yeah. to really exercise empathy and to care for them yeah. And then they will really appreciate you and will be willing and open to listen to you and what you have to say. Sure. Yeah.
1: So I guess that uh, on both sides of the story, uh, Whether you're maybe you're a budding financial planner, you want to know how to get uh, to be able to be a bit of a bit, bit better financial planner to your clients itself or whether you're looking out for one. I guess one of the things is that credibility, knowing your competence is important, but everything else goes with the heart. How much you're willing to go there, extra mile for the client and how much you care for the client itself yeah. really makes a, a lot of difference. Because I, I guess there is also a relationship business, not just about you know getting your insurance or investments done, but really it's about building an ongoing relationship with your financial planner so that this person can help you along the different uh, milestones that you are going through in life. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Okay. So uh, one last question for you is that uh, uh, this podcast is actually meant for many young graduates who are just starting in the world of work, maybe young uh, young men and women who are in the first years of work, and they are just struggling to find themselves how to adopt better, perhaps. So one of the things that I want to ask you is that, you know, what is one advice that you would have, right, for your younger self? Say, for example, when you started working 20 years ago, what is one advice do you have for a younger version of yourself?
0: Oh well, if I were to rewind myself back, you know, yep. to uh, twenty five years old. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I think, uh, firstly, be yep. hungry to learn. Mm. You know, uh, there's a lot, you know, in front of us, and a lot of people that we can learn from. So you have to be hungry. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, to learn and to grow. Secondly, always challenge yourself. Sure. I think um, we don't want to take always take the easy way out in life. You know, when it comes to a, something that you have not done before. step up and take the challenge take the plunge take the first step you know and you can see yourself um, really experience new new uh, results for yourself yeah and most importantly show lots of appreciation i think Mm. gratitude is one of the most important values um, that that um that we should have especially when we are younger Mm. and by learning to be more grateful for the things that has been planted for us you know has been given for us then we can appreciate the good things that comes our way mm. and to bless you know, the people
1: um, later on in life as we become better and, and more experienced. Yeah. Mm. So I guess it's uh, a lot to do with uh, being thankful and grateful for your blessings and using and folding their blessings to other people in order for them to help them as well. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Okay, great advice right, to all our young budding uh, freshmen in the, uh, in the world of work. Uh, was just uh, starting to find a way. So thank you very much, Melvin, for your time today, uh, and for your great insights and advice, whether it's about the careers, whether about finding uh, finding that financial partner uh, to help you along the way. Uh, and uh, we thank you and appreciate for your time. Do you have any uh, last uh, things that you would like to share with the, uh, our audience today? Um, well, first of all, thank you, Midwan, for mm. having me here. It's really my pleasure to be mm.
0: sharing with um, you know, all you guys here um, you know, during this session. And um, the last thing I want to say is that I really hope that uh, we draw the best and hope that you can find something career direction and something meaningful that you can uh, enjoy doing. And yeah, so uh, continue the journey. Yeah, because you only live
1: young once <laughs> I like that all right okay thank you so much everyone uh, and if you do have comments questions any questions about financial itself right about how to do financial planning or how to do insurance or investment and all that uh, do go to our uh, Instagram account which is at learn just in time just spell out learn just in time this uh, 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 you can also go to Spotify and uh, look at the show notes the show notes will give you some uh, important uh, information that maybe you want to know about uh, how to start uh. Uh, looking for your insurance or financial planning as well okay so uh, look out for the comments and we like to share more about what you think of this episode all right in the meantime you guys take care